We're back. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another episode of The Sidelines. I'm your host. My name is Quartz. I'm here with my other host, my man. That's AP over here, Cordo. How you doing, buddy? I'm good, man. I'm looking forward to this. I'm hoping we're going to make more sense than the two crazy old nutters uh, who everyone, by the time this episode comes out, would have seen not making sense in the presidential debate. Look. Not sure yet. I can neither confirm nor deny. <laughs> it's a low bar we've got to get above. Uh, I'm, look, I'm, I've got confidence. Uh, I think we can do it. Equally, though, I'd like the episode to end where we are just shouting at each other and neither of us is getting our point across and everyone's just sadder off in life for having listened to it. Look, we can definitely get there. <laughs> <laughs> now, what's been happening in your world, mate? Due to lockdown, we're still... You know, for a lot of our listeners who aren't in as heavy lockdown, they're getting some sense of uh, normality back in life, being yeah. able to go and do stuff. But for you and I, this is a a work permit permitted dalliance for a few hours each week. Yeah, I mean, we're doing what we can. Exactly. Uh, you know, for the people. Dealing with uh, controversies like... People saying that golf courses should be scrapped and given back to people. And you told me not to bring this up because you get heated about it, but I'm bringing it up to get you heated about it. Uh, I don't want to go down this path because it's too too much of a... Yeah. Do you want me to take the bait or not? Uh, look, for context for people, I'll, I'll give them the context and then we'll see if enough bait has been dropped in the ocean. Enough burly is in the sea for you, for the fish to start swarming. Can you not deliberately miscue facts so that I take the bait to correct you. <laughs> <laughs> I might trump it up a little yeah, bit. Yeah, that's it's just like, you know, they're just there. Like the golfers are like off them. Yeah. Well, basically for people that don't know, I, I think it was a local politician essentially uh, tweeted uh, asking or demanding that golf courses be handed over to the general public because of a, a lack of green spaces in inner city Melbourne was kind of the logic. Um, but what this person failed to understand is that the golf courses are obviously a private business and the fees that the members pay are the reason why the golf course is in such good nick and why you feel you want to be able to <laughs> just go and hang out in it all day long. The peak one being where I saw someone say, I moved my family to this neighborhood to enjoy the green spaces. I then realized all the green spaces are private golf courses for rich people. This is unfair. They should be given back to the people. None of that made any sense to me. That's like me moving to Richmond and saying, I wanted some green space here. And I realized there is this giant stadium here and it's called like what? Like the MCG. I want it handed over to the people. So I have an oval to kick the footy on. That turf looks great. Yeah, that, yeah, exactly. The logic was look how well kept the grounds are. Yes, because people are paying money for it to be well kept, not your local council. Yeah, there's an ex effectively there's that that missing piece where uh, golf courses, for the most part, are businesses. Yes, they are there to make money. Yeah, they happen to operate in the realm of golf. <laughs> <laughs> that is their chosen field of making money. Yes, and some of some golf courses, a lot of golf courses, don't actually make money. No, so, they run on the skin of their teeth. Yeah, so you've got that. And again, I'm not going to... I, I've, <laughs> I've, I've taken a pretty strong stance here. Like I really could have taken the bait. But it is quite humorous just for someone to come out and say, I really love the fairways here, but I want to... I, I really think this is a really beautiful place. I'd just like to come here when I want to to walk around for free. 
And it's like, well, you could actually walk around here if you wanted to exchange with your money and <laughs> not annoy anybody else. <laughs> then you're more than welcome to pay the green fees and yeah. look like an idiot. But yeah, do that. It's like walking into a cinema and going, this is like a really beautiful, dark, quiet space for me. I want to be able to sleep here whenever I feel like it and not have to pay to come into this cinema. Like this is better than the normal place I sleep in. So I should be entitled to be able to sleep here. <laughs> <laughs> now, we one thing we did say before we started this whole podcast, as in weeks and weeks ago, is that we wouldn't get political. But I think this hit a nerve with the both of us because we we're like, no, nah, peak yeah. stupidity. Look, I'm not, I'm not, cap- so this also brought out a couple of articles on some newspapers and I'm not Captain Keyboard Warrior. I even, I even started making a login to write one, but I knew that they were fishing because I am their target audience for who they want to write back. Yeah. They want you to write something. So then you become a pile on topic in the article. Yeah. They want young affluent male lashes out. <laughs> young affluent male. <laughs> <laughs> young, handsome Caucasian men. <laughs> Still got it in multiple sports. <laughs> And could be James Bond. All of that and then boom. Yeah. You were hoping, yeah. Angry mob. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Outside your house saying, down with this handsome but massive asshole. (laughs) Uh, Look, I maintain, I I think I got rid of it because I bitched to you hard before. So you're lucky we didn't record that one. Oh, I was ready to ride on the sidelines burner accounts on Twitter. (laughs) I was all ready. I was all fired up. I won't tell people what our the burner account names are, but they're pretty obvious ones. Um, <laughs> but yeah, look, we just had to get that out of the way. But I think the context is lockdown is obviously making people lose their marbles and their sense of reality. But you have managed to hang on to it by splashing into a bit of nostalgia from the old Netflix. Yeah, I'm back. He's back. So for our regular listens, listeners, you would know that I partook in... A show, Yellowstone. My friends would know that this is not a surprise that I bailed out early because I have a long history of bailing very quickly on TV shows. I was distraught though. Yeah, I know. I've watched an entire season of a show recently (laughs) and it was good and I enjoyed it and now I'm here to sell it to you. To tell me about it. All right, I'm ready. I'm ready. So the show, Cobra Kai. (laughs) <laughs> like the Karate Kid modern remake that was on YouTube and now on Netflix. Yeah, Netflix obviously paid some money for it because I thought the same thing. I was like, wasn't this on YouTube? <laughs> Apparently it's now on Netflix. So for those of you not somehow not aware, <laughs> Karate Kid, massive 80s nostalgia film. Yeah. You know, wax on, wax off. Crane kick. Questionable. The the bad dude, the the supposed bad dude in the show is Johnny who is in the Cobra Kai dojo. Okay. So Johnny, who is the bad guy from the original karate kid. Yep. He's an arch nemesis from Cobra Kai. It's taken a very good lens where it's kind of leaning more towards. So it's in the future, obviously. Yeah. Everyone's grown up. Uh, so everyone in it is still from the movie. Yep. Oh, okay. Okay. Oh, except obviously, you know, Mr. Miyagi. Yeah, who Pat Morita, I think was the actor. He died a few years back. Yeah. yeah. So it, it's based around those two still, but a lot of it's actually about that Johnny is kind of the good guy. Like oh. his, his life hasn't gone as it has you would think so, and it's not really good for him. And, you know, he's basically just hanging on. 
yeah, all these bad things keep happening and et cetera, et cetera. And, and Danny's like, he's, he's a bit of a jerk. Like, oh, like the success has gotten to his head. You know, like he's got like a uber mega mansion and like everything's going, like he has problems. I'm using uh, yeah. air quotes for those who can't see me, but I'm doing it. Um, yeah. You know, his problems are like, you know, his teenage daughter won't talk to him in his ultra mansion. Whereas, okay. you know, Johnny, his diet consists of beer and that, <laughs> like, that's it. And, um, yeah, so again, it's a very interesting tape because it really goes on the other side of like what happened to them for the last 20 years. But I don't want to get too heavy in it because you can unpack it the sure. serious way. The more fun way is that it's awesome. And <laughs> Johnny is somehow just this peak 80s, like funny as character where he doesn't know what like, you know, he's like, what's the Facebook? Like all this sort of shit. Oh, so he's like full-blown fallen out of the 80s. Yeah, he, like literally picked up out of the 80s, boom, now. And they're <laughs> like, oh, you know, it's on, it's on Facebook. And it's like, what's a, what's a Facebook? Um, you know, all this sort of shit. Like doesn't know like how to watch like different TV shows. Like all this sort of stuff. Like doesn't listen to any new music. It's all like 80s uh you know, great, great soundtracks like Poison and all these other ones. Like it's nice. awesome. But he still also like hangs on to like things are cool and things are badass. And you can be a little bitch. Like, you know, doing certain things is like you're such a wiener. So there's like, a, I don't want to spoil too much. But for example, you know, he's starting up his dojo. He doesn't get too many students to start with. He gets a student in there. It's like, you know, everyone call, everyone picks on me online. Like, it's really bad. You know, they send me from anonymous accounts and he's just like, that's so disappointing. What a bunch of losers that are so weak that they have to, re- they can't even bully you in person. That is oh, a weak, they're like, you're like, that's so weak. Back on my day, if you're going to call someone a bitch, you go up to their face and you call them a bitch. <laughs> <laughs> so basically they're channeling what we all think about like social media trolls. Yeah. So it's, again, it's just sort of funny. And then, you know, he, he, probably goes a bit too far on some of the kids that he has in there and he's just like he's like literally just calling them like you know hey fatty come over, you know fatty shorty like yeah. virgin all this sort of stuff <laughs> um but just he really gets stuck into him he's just like you know if you can't handle me making fun of you like stand up for yourself yeah like you know it's all about that um but he actually grows as a character like it's very very good okay so again very weird for me to be selling you a tv yeah. show um Normally it's me sort of half-assed hoping that you'll take my recommendation and stick with it. Yeah, but it is really enjoyable and a lot of it has to do with the fact that he is straight plucked from the 80s. And Hell yeah. If you actually do watch it, I have not stopped laughing about something I watched in a couple of episodes ago with one of the students, which is still peak. Okay. He's just like, that's fucking badass. Well, uh, like once I get over the initial discomfort of you being so into the show... Yeah, I'll probably watch it because I'll then be able to go, okay, if he loves it that much, it must be great. Um, So basically, Johnny Lawrence, he doesn't like the way people say shit on social media and they're kind of like anonymous. They can get away with it. So what you're actually telling me is that I should ditch the burner account from Twitter, go to that person's house that complained about the golf courses and say crap to their face. Yeah, while teeing off a white golf ball off their well-manicured front lawn. And then my defense to the magistrate is... Have you seen Cobra Kai? <laughs> and they'd be like, that's badass. <laughs> yeah. The judge himself is like, that is badass. That is non-wiener behavior. Case dismissed. I don't know why he has an American accent, but he would. Objection yeah. overruled. <laughs> <laughs> Says who? My fist. Bang. Yeah. So 
<laughs> Again, I don't want to go to, but another great thing, which probably going to lead us down another path, but the the soundtrack they've picked is great for myself, and I know you're going to enjoy it too. But is is jam packed of eighty songs, mm. just absolute throwback tunes. They've got the original Karate Kid song there, which has taken a mockery because now I can only sing it um, via the way of Randy Marsh from South Park when he's... Um, <laughs> you're the best. Yeah, you're the best. Um, but again, the soundtrack with it adds so much weight to it. Um, you know, he's going to say, he's just like, you know, haven't you heard of, you know, Guns N' Roses, the Gunners? And they're like, what? Who the hell are the Gunners? He's like, oh my God. Like, he's like, oh, I'm going to listen to him on Spotify. He's like, what? What's a Spotify? <laughs> you know, that sort of stuff. So it's... It's really good. Well, there's something. What is it about 80s music that seems to just ratchet up nostalgia? Oh, because they were actually musicians. Well, yeah, but there was an absurdity, kind of like a puffiness to 80s music. You know, there's a lot of polish, a lot of glam. But for some reason, whenever you think back to movies or TV shows that have epic soundtracks, for me, they always have 80s songs in them. Yeah, look, the 70s didn't really, 70s didn't really have that. I guess broadness to go do a whole bunch of different stuff within that same sort of genre. Yeah. Like some nailed it, like Guardians of the Galaxy, that had a real 70s centric soundtrack and that worked. But you look at like uh, you know, Stranger Things, Drive, uh, The Wedding Singer, they all have these eighties these soundtracks that are epic and they're all eighties bangers. Yeah, I mean it's all about having that absolute peak, peak soundtrack. But again, it doesn't happen too often. There's a lot of work that goes into it. Um, and again, there's there's that different one. There's like soundtracks and then there's like the movie score and they're mm. very different as well. Because a great movie score, I mean, basically that's just Christopher Nolan 101. Yeah. It's just make a ball of score and you can bend reality and do whatever you want. Yeah. Well, John Williams. Yeah. Star Wars, Superman, oh. Harry Potter, I think. He did. Yeah. But look, don't want to go too hard on it, but it's great. But what is it about music in a film? It adds like 30% to the film, don't you think? Oh, yeah. I mean, like I love thinking about like there's a group of songs that when you hear, you just literally, you picture a scene. Like no one sits there and go, like you sit there and go Top Gun. Yeah. You're like, oh, the Top Gun theme. That, that's an awesome theme. But you're like, yeah. it's Danger Zone. Yeah. Like that's the song. Exactly. Yeah. And then you sit there and you're like, you know, Bon Jovi. Like, yeah, just happened to nut out two awesome all-time theme songs from movies. <laughs> well, find a person who I would love to see the data where you create a situation where a person who is an underdog in a fist fight, they're about to fight someone. You put headphones on them and play Survivor Eye of the Tiger. They're guaranteed to get at least twenty percent more power in their punches due to listening to Eye of the Tiger. Yeah, I mean Eye of the Tiger is one of the. Like literally written for Rocky. Yeah. It's it's probably that or You're the Best from Karate Kid are the two best montages, in my opinion. <laughs> Big call. But where you hear those songs with the vision, just something about it. Maybe it's like fighting is really suited to a, a good montage, like with a great 80s song. It just adds a little bit of that extra like, yeah. Yeah. So look, I would love to, I think we're probably going to set up another time when we go down the, the best ever movie soundtrack songs and i'm going to make up some rules that's going to have to be a whole that that maybe that replaces our sports movie breakdown segment when we're done yeah uh and you know 
because there's just there's a lot of different categories and it's it's very fun to think about those i mean yeah. you've got stuff i mean you bag me out about it but when you pick <laughs> you pick iron man and you sit there and go oh akadaka was iron man one two and three yeah but you don't really you don't hear akadaka and go that's iron man yeah. there's not that that duality and the link between the two yeah but We'd, then you know love actually Hugh Grant dancing uh, in the Prime Minister's house to a bit of Pointer Sisters, Jump For My Love. Come on. 80s, baby. 80s. <laughs> you can make Hugh Grant dancing on a staircase appeal to anybody. Yeah, so look, I'm going to do a cheeky. If there is anyone out there who wants us to think of some good uh, movie soundtrack songs. Well, maybe we'll put it out to the audience yeah. on our social media. Um, yeah, I think that could be a cool segment, like all-time uh, movie soundtrack breakdown episodes and we can chuck in the originals try and work out why they why they landed the way they did the trick is i just make up stuff that i think would be good for our social media pages and i don't tell courtney but i know that i don't actually help with any of that (laughs) (laughs) so it's just like if i don't write it if i don't make a note of it or tell courtney (laughs) preemptively i can just come up with it on the spot and he has to sort of agree but but i could equally get you back by going i'm happy to do it i'm just going to need a a detailed spreadsheet from you yeah and i'll do it (laughs) (laughs) um okay well that's good i'll I'll watch it and report back karate kid's another one of those movies too where i reckon the bad guys sell you more on the film than the main guy great bad guy yeah i think i think a great bad guy is better than a good guy because for the most part, guys are kind of boring. Well, it's kind of, it's going to sound, this could be controversial. You'll either agree with this or it'll annoy you more than the golf course thing. I remember seeing Karate Kid a few years back and going, it's like a knockoff of the Star Wars structure of the hero tale. But the similarity is Luke Skywalker, bit of a weeb in the first movie. The cool characters are the bad guys. And the other dudes that are teaching him to be cool, a la your Obi-Wans, your Han Solos. Well, Han Solos, you, you don't know if he's a good dude. Yeah. He just well, kind of does some good stuff when he feels like it. Yeah, he's a mercenary. He's, but he's like, badass. But like Karate Kid, Daniel's a dweeb. But what really makes it is Mr. Miyagi teaching him to be cool and Cobra Kai, the bad guys. I think you're going to enjoy it because there's a whole spin on how that actually, when you break it down, but Danny's not all... A nice guy. Well, there's an amazing YouTube video that went viral years ago where this hilarious dude sort of postured that Daniel LaRusso is actually the bad guy from the first Karate Kid and that he's a piece of shit. And the way he sells it is like, you know, he hits on another guy's girlfriend. He starts a fight when these people are just trying to enjoy their time down at the beach. Like, he always resorts to violence. Then when he gets done in with violence, he re- he resorts to getting an adult to, <laughs> to fight for him. Like yeah, I remember, and it was also I think that was linked to um Barney from How I Met Your Mother. Yeah. He has a he has a f- affiliation that Caruso's the he's not the hero of Karate Kid. That's his whole thing. He stands mm. by the whole time. Yeah, it it basically explores that, um, which is sad when you think about it. <laughs> I think that, like a. Interesting bad guy it has more depth because it's like, well, where did they go wrong? Where did you know why they like this? It's more easy for people to just be a good, good dude. Yeah, like we were blown away by Darth Vader, not so much because of, I mean, yeah, the appearance of him and what his character did. But once you get that backstory, you invest even harder. You're like, well, hang on a minute, what? 
He's the guy's dad. Well, how did, how did this all go pear-shaped? We love that back towel of a scumbag. Yeah. It, even good, good dudes with a bit of layers. A yeah. bit of, you know, not all polished armor. Yeah. Or just bad guys where they're so bad, but you love them. Like Tony Soprano. <laughs> he's just so bad, but you're just like, oh, he's so much more interesting than the good people in this show. He's got so many demons. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. We love, like, in real life, we loathe demons. In entertainment, we love demons. Yeah. We give a pass to people with demons. Trying to confront his demons. It's okay. Yeah. He's going to confront his demons by, like, shooting a dude in the face. <laughs> Like John Wick. Yeah. He's the hero, but we all give him a pass that he was a paid assassin for a very large and long period of time. Yeah, they shouldn't have killed his dog. Yeah. But that's that's like a <laughs> clever mechanism to get you to buy into feeling sorry for him. But it's like, well, at the same time, you brought that world onto yourself because of your past indiscretions. That's okay. Love it. Moving along, we have to touch on it. Now, not everybody loves footy. I mean, to we, don't know, we don't we don't know. Do we love footy? <laughs> do we love footy? I don't think we love footy anymore. But we just we do love bashing footy industry. Yeah, when it fucks that's up. That's more fun. Yeah, it's more fun to bash people. Again, we're talking about trolling on the internet. <laughs> we're trolling through a podcast. Get them. Yeah, we're not, yeah, we're not saying it to anyone's face. We're delivering it by audio in an anonymous way, which we were called out by last week for only having our caricatures and not our, our real faces. We're trolling the AFL via cartoon images and audio format. And all major podcast outlets. Exactly. <laughs> Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and our website. <laughs> but no, look, everyone loves getting annoyed about the AFL All-Australian team. Look, I think it's the dumbest thing I've ever seen. <laughs> <laughs> I don't really know why they try have ever tried this. I think the only loose thread of importance I could see on this is when they used to do the international rules. Yeah. That's what it made sense. Like yeah. I can see that. You know, you pick some team. But now they effectively what position you played is irrelevant. <laughs> it's just who's who to be like. Yeah. You have midfielders lined up across the entire field. <laughs> like <laughs> it sort of it, it should just be on merits of, you know, who was the best forward pocket. Yeah. Who was the best winger. You know, it doesn't matter that they're not you know, if they're not the best player or there's some players that missed out who you know got to find a spot for them tough yeah you know it's just not the way it is in the nba again less players but just because there's you know they've got two guards two forwards in the center if you're a forward you don't get to go be a guard just because you're better yeah you suck it up if you were the third best guard then you're on the second team not yeah. the first team it just is yeah. So I don't, but I don't really know what they try to get out of it. They they name a squad. There's like fifty people, and, <laughs> and it's like they don't do anything with it. Like it doesn't actually impact. I don't think it impacts their contract. Well, I'd, that's probably a good question. I mean, uh, I'd be shocked if there wasn't people that had maybe bonuses attached to contracts. But the salary cap's so tight in the AFL. I'd be shocked if that was a thing. Um, but. I think they released the the bigger squad to A, deflect some of the heat when they don't pick certain people so they can at least say, oh, they made the squad. But B, I think they love putting the squad out there because it then gets everybody even more arched. Their backs arches. I cannot speak English. 
Their backs arch up. I've lost it completely. <laughs> it's a great it's a great one to get people fired up about. Yeah. But even stupid shit, they're like, oh, you gotta have a second ruckman on the bench. Yeah. It's like, oh, so now you're specific. Yeah. Now you've got to have a second ruckman on the bench. Well, my favorite was Lee Montagna the other day comes out and goes, There's a Victorian bias. Sorry, there's a WA bias because Glenn Jakovic put Brad Shepherd in and Liam Ryan. And I sat there and I was like, okay, let me get this straight. The one judge that isn't a Victorian out of the four, he puts in these two people. You're saying it's a WA bias because they've made the team and you make the case that Dan Butler should have been in instead of Liam Ryan in the forward pocket. The forward pocket is Dustin Martin. He's a Victorian. And the other judges put more Victorians in. If anything, it's a complete Victorian bias and it's just lucky that Liam Ryan got into the side. So have, if you really wanted Dan Butler in, the real issue should be stop the Victorian judges putting Victorian midfielders in the forward pocket. Yeah. Where do you spend the majority of your time? In the midfield. Yeah. Like Dusty's a bit weird, but still, where do you put, where is your position? Yeah. I play here. Oh, that's the position you can be eligible for. Yeah. It, imagine a netball team where the goal shooter was listed as a wing defence. Yeah, got to get her in there. <laughs> yeah. Can't can't leave her out. Yeah, well, you didn't have the best wing defense. Yeah, yeah, but they're the third best goal shooter. <laughs> <laughs> it really like again the similarities like in the NFL they don't really do it. They've got their all they've got all pro teams, which is a bit funny. They yeah. do it, they do an all star game. The NBA actually does it as well, but theirs is even again. There's no perfect way to do this thing. Do you think that we? I mean, back in the day, we had Brownlow Medal. Norm Smith medal for best player in the grand final. Do you think that this is another example of where we really, really, really want to have cool awards and stuff like they do in America? Yeah. And we just don't know how to do it without being kind of lame? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like the pregame entertainment for the grand final or halftime entertainment. It's like, this is terrible. Whose idea was this? Oh, I get it. Because the Super Bowl does it. Yeah. They don't know. They, again, they don't know sometimes how to steer out of them, out of the way of themselves. Yeah. Well, when they're like, "Oh, we hope," you know, we think the pre, uh, the grand final entertainment's going to be really awesome this year. It's like, no, it's not, because you're spending two hundred thousand dollars on it. The Super Bowl is spending twenty five million dollars on it. That's why they have prints <laughs> doing the show. Yeah, they have some artists yeah. coming out, and you have Birds of Tokyo, who I like, but. Come on. Yeah, and then everyone sits there and goes, Birds of Tokyo was shit. It's like, well, not a lot of people like Birds of Tokyo, objectively, (laughs) who also like the AFL. Yeah, the All-Australian team just feels like another version of that where they don't even really know what they want it to be. It's just this weird try-hard award. Well, see, like again, there was that semblance where when they used to do the Vic Vic All-Star Games and you have that actually have a game. Yes. And you're like, okay, this is now you now you're picking a team that's gonna play against another team. And then from that you can pick an all Australian team, which is subsequently the best of these yep. different states. That yeah. makes sense. Yeah. And for juniors as well. Yeah, the under 18s carnival, they do that. Absolutely hundred percent makes sense. But again, we don't really do anything with it. And then flipping over to the NBA side, they do theirs and like we have four people on the judging panel. Yeah. The NBA has a hundred media personalities who get a card, but for them, theirs is actually linked to money. Yeah. So if you make an all-star team, 
suddenly you go, you, you can go up five, 10 million. There's all these contract clauses and that's not even, not even like a negotiation. It's basically written in the bylaws of the yeah. players association. We're getting all-star Guernseys, gives you more money by proxy. You can't be offered less. And again, over there, they got a problem where very recently one of the reporters was like, oh, I forgot Anthony Davis. Because I don't know, Anthony Davis has had an incredible year, easily an all-star. She forgot to put him in the ballot for one of the top three teams. Just forgot. Yeah. And like, well, did you even look? Did you actually do your, like, it's no skin off your back, but you didn't even vote properly. You didn't do your job. Oh, yeah, sorry, my bad. Yeah, and cost him how many mil? <laughs> oh, I don't think it was... I don't think it was too much. But well, Clay kind of, Thompson's one. Was Clay worse. Thompson was a big one. So Clay Thompson a few years ago, he missed out on the all, I think it was the third team. Yeah. So he didn't make it. He lost 20 million, I believe. That's a few millions because someone didn't really do their homework or you know, maybe he wasn't out, like maybe he wasn't the best one that year. But it's very big when someone doesn't do their homework and you could lose yeah. 25% of your contract wage as a bonus. The ramifications are huge. Well, yeah. I think Ben Simmons got $25 million or something out of making the All-NBA second team or whatever it was. Yeah, big deal. Yeah. <clears throat> Insane. I mean, the best thing is, you mentioned it before, like the All-Australian team. Do we really even care anymore? No. I feel like we care if people don't get in. We don't care if they do. Yeah, and we're not sitting there going like, oh, it's so awesome that Danger got in. We're just like, no, nah, I can't believe they left that person out. It is it is very funny to have a look at how the AFL tries very hard to copy the American sports leagues as much as they can, but doesn't want to on very particular items. Yeah. Well, we have a captain for the All-Australian team, and how often is the person getting the captain not even the captain of their own club? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's, hang on a minute. And then we've got so many other awards now, the AFL Coaches Association, the AFL MVP. Like, it's going to get to that place where it'll be like, you know, the TAB Sports Bet Best Halfback Flank for the Second Half of the Year Award. And you just get so many that you just get desensitized to it. Yeah, it's... Oh, Everybody well. gets an award day. <laughs> Participation medals. Now, I'll put some stuff on social media because... Tomorrow's a huge day. Well, for those listening, if they're listening the day this episode comes out, today is a huge day. Or even yesterday, but hopefully yeah. today. Yeah, hopefully today. We need those stats. But, or, you know, <laughs> that happened months ago. Yeah. <laughs> um, for twofold. One, the episode is out, a new episode. Um, but secondly, my favorite or top two or three favorite basketball players is playing in his first NBA final series. Now, by the time people listen to this, we'll know the result, whether it was a good debut or not. But Jimmy Butler, he's in the finals. He's led the Heat to the finals. Everybody kind of laughed or was shocked or derided his choice to go to the Miami Heat in free agency. Everyone a bit confused going, you're 30, 31. Why would you go to the Heat? They're not a contender. He's laughing now. But the reason why I wanted to bring him up is his story is amazing. Take me on the journey. Well, <laughs> yeah. It's so basically he was a young guy, fairly good at sports. He grew up in Texas, just outside of Houston, pretty random area. Um, he was homeless. So at about 10 or 11 years of age, he was homeless. And a friend of his um, 
basically said like, oh, you know, you can come stay at my house. So he came and stayed a night. Then it was like, oh, do you want to stay another night? You want to stay another night? Um, you know, then do you want to stay again? Yeah, okay, I'll stay again. And effectively this family adopted him and gave him a house. Um, you know, and he said all these great stories like, uh, you know, the mom I saw on a TV interview was like, oh, look, I, we never really saw him. He was so shy. And then he was like, I was so paranoid that they would get sick of me being there that I just tried to stay quiet in my room in the back corner the whole time and not make any noise because I figured if they don't know I'm here, they won't ever think to get rid of me. It's kind of like heartbreaking yeah. stuff. But he was never the biggest kid, never the fastest kid, never the anything kid. You know, he got into junior college, got into college in not a big, not a big school. He played for Marquette. Was never even really the best player, like never made a lot of noise. Um, he had a like hard time adapting in the college system. He felt like the coaches were too harsh on him and, you know, they really pushed him and pushed him. When he got drafted, he was pick 30 something, quite a very unspectacular, not expected to do anything. And even the first few years of his career, he didn't really do much. And then just sort of slowly, he started to come out of his shell and we realized Here's this large African-American kid. He loves country music, plays a guitar. Like he's a walking contradiction of what you think a basketball player should be. He's Texas through and through. He's got this really quirky like likes and dislikes. He's super funny, super hard on his teammates. And he's not everybody's kettle of fish. No, he's, yeah, he rubs a lot of people the wrong way. Yeah. And it all comes from, I had nothing. I want something. I have to win. I have this chance. I'm not going to let anybody mess with it. You know, he, he goes to Minnesota. They make the playoffs for the first time in however many years. Once he left the Bulls, they haven't made the playoffs since he left. He goes to Philadelphia and they actually had their best like run that they've had in the last five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten years. He then left and now the wheels have fallen off them. You know, he's a guy that called out his teammates in practice in the news, saying, <laughs> like yelling at team owners, saying, You actually need me here because you guys suck. Like, well, because that's the infamous him with the backups versus the, yeah. the main squad and tore them apart. Yeah. It's a great story. And then told them they're all soft. <laughs> he's, he's now got this young Miami Heat team around him who love him because he's just awesome. Whilst in the NBA bubble, he's got his own coffee brand called, uh, was it Big Face Coffee, <laughs> where he's flogging it every chance he could get on the cameras, but charging $20 for a cup of coffee. Oh, it's Small, medium, or large, they're all $20, cash only. <laughs> yeah, as, as an outsider, not in the NBA, in the actual NBA world, it's hard not to like him. Mm. He's got a good personality. I mean, he'd be absolute nutcase to train with and work with yeah but it doesn't come from a bad spot he just he's got that that kobe that jordan gotta win yeah you know, that it's here to win yeah and i think the reason we're bringing him up is because in a world where sports stars are so watered down both from being pressured to be but also you know we as the games become far more athletic animal sort of based it's harder and harder for those quirkier people to to rise up or get a shot you know yeah and there's also that you know 
athletes, especially in the American side, but a lot of people when you know, they, they realize very young age and they begin polishing the craft. And that's not just on the on the court or the field, it's also the the way they speak. Like mm. every for the most part, I don't I don't listen to AFL or NBA interviews because they're all boring. Yeah. It's just the same drabble. AFL's particularly bad at it. Yeah. Um NBA's got a bit more flavor because they're a bit more knowledgeable. NFL's a little bit better too. Yeah. Um, but again, these characters don't really exist as much because again, they don't they don't slip through the cracks and get into the big time. Yeah. And that's I wanted to call it out. Like the reality is he was a homeless kid at 10, 11 years of age. He's now one of the highest paid NBA players in the world. And he's led his team, who everybody had written off and thought were nothing. He's bulldozed a lot of people on the way there, and he's about to take on LeBron James in the NBA Finals in a very bizarre season. Yeah, they got a chance. Yeah, there. And what he's clipped the other week where he he dropped a winning bucket and then subbed himself out, <laughs> and the game was stitched up. And he's yelling at the camera, saying, "I told you, I told you, we could ball." I told you we're a bunch of dogs. And he just started barking at the cameras over and over again like, like a dog until they cut the audio off. Like, uh, he's, yeah, it's, he's good to watch. It's so awesome to see. It makes you like sport in a time when it's hard to get into sport at the moment. Yeah. I would say at the moment NBA is my most enjoyed sport. Do you think that's just because the product is still... The product's still good. Yeah. The product's still elite. Yeah. It does miss a lot without the crowd. Yeah. But for the most part, there is no no difference. Yeah. Yeah. Objectively no difference in the in the product. I think having the small, uh, like little arena that it's being played in has helped because I've been watching the I watched the ice hockey finals, um, Tampa Bay Lightning one. And it's like the NHL did a great job because they had these massive video screens in the stands, but you can't help but see this massive empty ice hockey arena. Yeah. And because it's so well lit, <laughs> it's very obvious there's a lot of empty seats in a stadium. And ice hockey, the sound of the game just does not translate well to an empty arena. You feel like you're watching training. Yeah. I mean, NBA, NBA and golf, but golf's also, it's a weird spectator sport when they're there anyway. Yeah. It's not, it's a lot of golf claps. Yeah, you could suspend the crowd just to have them at the end, at the green, celebrating a great part. Yeah, I mean, it's great to hear that, like when the crowd goes up when a part happens, but the the product, them hitting how they hit is still, is still there. Yeah. So yeah, anyway, in the time of all of this, it was, I felt it was important to call out a good news story. Jimmy. Jimmy Butler, Jimmy Buckets, (laughs) Big Face Coffee. (laughs) Oh. Love him. The only guy I've ever seen uh, hustle his own. Like, normally see basketball players hustling some some weird, you know, like watch brand or something. No, he's just like a coffee cart, (laughs) $20 a cup. (laughs) And when you think, oh, that must be a joke, and then you realize, nope, it's not a joke. That's a legitimate business. Um, Cool. All right, man. I think we're just about wrapping it up. Uh, The movie, sports movie breakdown. Yes. We have a winner. Am I shocked? I think you'd be more shocked at the result, as in the total votes for and against, but not shocked at who won. Semi-pro and dodgeball, we had dodgeball with the victory. Yeah. So dodgeball will be the next episode in the Sports Movie Breakdown series. Semi-pro had a lot more votes than I thought it would get. That's That deserves it. Yeah. It's a very underrated 
movie with a lot of classic scenes. <laughs> so I, I feel like when we do the dodgeball episode, we've got to give it a tiny, maybe a little five minutes of love. Because there were some very passionate votes for it in our DMs on our Instagram account. Yeah, I do feel like that you that was always going to probably happen. You get a lot of, yes, it's dodgeball, but the ones who vote for it are like, not like this, it's boom, this is why. <laughs> yeah. like it's very passionate, <laughs> lots of arm, arm flailing around, it's this and this is why. Yeah, I got, oh, I can't remember the name of the person. I think it must have been one of your friends. Oh, maybe it was one of my friends. A message came through and it was all these like angry emoji faces. I thought, that's weird. It's not even a vote. And then I clicked and I was like, okay, there's more. <laughs> it, was, it has to be semi-pro or you dickheads have finally lost me with any credibility. <laughs> I'll find out who it was and shame them. Uh, I like it. Yeah. The Johnny Lawrence, we don't like internet trolling. <laughs> we'll buffet that person. Um, okay. So that'll be coming out soon the next week or two. Yep. Mate. Thank you very much. Oh, thanks, Cordo. Uh, folks, we appreciate you listening. You can always check us out at the Sidelines Podcast 1 on Instagram or the Sidelines Podcast on Facebook, sidelines.com.au for our website. Feel free to get in touch. Uh, we'll do audience questions again next week. Um, stay tuned for some special guests coming in the next few weeks, which is exciting. Yes, very exciting. Well, thanks again, folks. Take care. Cheers, guys.